Hello from my house to yours. Welcome to EMS at Sea Level. Currently, we're talking to people about the trends they're seeing for 2023, and I'm delighted to be here with Dr. Bill Cardoso, founder of Creative Electron. Bill, always a pleasure to chat with you, always different points of view on what's going on in the industry. As you wrap up 2022 with all its challenges and you look forward to 2023, what are you seeing? Well, I'm not sure I look forward to 2023, <laughs> but it's, and I say that uh, because 2022 is a year of, uh, you know, challenges. Of course, mm -hmm. we still struggling with supply chain issues and, uh, and, but 2022 was a pivotal year when the U.S. economy and some of the internet, you know, worldwide economies uh, started to put the brakes on inflation, right? And with that, we've seen uh, capital that was, you know, widely available before started to dry up. And as capital dries up, as interest rates rise, as the, the um, you know, several, uh, the access to, 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 to financing for people uh, starts to get harder and harder. Uh, what I've seen in 2023 is that it's going, to be a, it's going to be a challenging year. It's going to be, um, you, know, you know, as usual, uh, we're excited with opportunities and if new industries are working with. Hmm. But um, it's going to be very, I'm, 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 I'm very uh, careful, right, and very uh, curious uh, to uh, identify and to look for um, overcapacity issues in, in our supply chain mm. and in our customers. And what do I mean by that? Uh, we've had, and I'm sure you had that experience as well, where you have suppliers who had long lead times, right? Five, six, seven month lead times. And all of a sudden they call you and say, hey, do you remember that order you put three months ago? It's ready now, right? And we've yeah. seen that, right? And of course, the, the most famous uh, episode of overcapacity that we all know is Peloton, right? They built this half a billion dollar facility yeah. or started to build and then ran out of, of demand, right? And, and as a result, mm -hmm. um, the, the stock plummet CEO got fired and, you know, everything that comes with that. So, you know, and then we look internally, right? And we look at ourselves and say, are we overstaffed? You know, are we, are our customers all of a sudden going to disappear? Or some of them who are, you know, making plans to expand will change those plans. So it's, uh, it's um, unlike every other uh, economic up turn downturn we've seen before, right? We, we've gone through the 2008 recession and depression. Uh, mm -hmm. And this feels very different because it was a somewhat artificial one, right? With COVID mm -hmm. created all this unexpected, uh, um, you know, uh, unintended consequences that we're seeing yeah. now. And, you know, for those people who think that uh, the, the, the pandemic is over, I mean, we're going to be feeling those those the impact of of that uh, of, of the of the pandemic for I don't know ten years or so yeah that's yeah absolutely we're seeing huge impacts in in China in particular at the moment from yeah. the pandemic and you know anybody that thought the pandemic was over as uh, uh, if they're watching the news is certainly aware that it's not 
Um, it's interesting what you say about about this curiosity and this caution that you're that you're seeing in the market. And I think it's been fascinating to talk to people over recent months, particularly the EMS CEOs themselves, um, who were expecting to see a softening in demand or almost waiting to see a softening in demand and haven't seen that unless they are companies that are heavily in China or are heavily dependent on the consumer markets. And they talk about this balance of increased technology in products that's kind of helping mitigate that threat. Do you do you see that? Do you see the fact that there's, you know, more electronics in um in cars, more electronics in in the in the medical industry, a rise in mill aero. Do you see that as a bit of a mitigation to any downturn we would see as a normal trend? So I don't know if this mitigation is is real. That's my concern, right? Uh, mitigation what I do or optimism, eh? Yeah, because if you think about it, right, a lot of people see, uh, uh, you know, a lot of companies saw these long lead times and they just started buying, right, and placing mm-hmm. orders and placing POs just because lead time was so long, unless they're buying and piling up POs for yeah. where we think it's going to happen, right? So you look back, how many of those POs, how much of their forecast is actually real? Yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Right? It's just people... And that forecast has become POs for the first time. You know, someone said, one EMS said to me last week, we didn't believe forecasts when they were just forecasts. Now people are writing them on purchase orders. We suddenly believe them. They're the same. Yeah. They're still... They're still estimates or guesstimates at best from um, from sales and marketing teams. Exactly, because a PO became basically a, a way to... Necessary. Yeah, it, it, it's basically a way to set your place in line, right? Mm. You set the time where you, you put your stuff in line to get something that's going to show up in six months. As things become more and more available, how many of those POs are going to still there? So so that's what I... I, I don't know. I think it's going to... 2023 is going to be uh, the beginning of that unraveling, right? We're actually yeah. going to see, uh, I feel like we're not in, in, in firm ground yet, right? We're no. still soft. We're still, you know, aqua planning from 2020, 2021 with all this trillions of dollars thrown into the market, yeah. people buying, people not traveling, people staying home with a lot of, of, um, of disposable income available. And now things are starting to harden up and, and I don't know if things are going to land. I really don't, right? So we're being very yeah. careful. Uh, we are, you know, we're we busy, right? Uh, at Creative Electron, we, we're close to hundred people now and uh, we're hiring, but very cautiously, right? Because it's, it's one of those situations where you know, I, I don't know it's, uh, if the floor is going to disappear from us tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. It's curious, isn't it? That inventory overhang is a really big deal. Um, and we're at the end of a very complex bullwhip effect. We don't we don't know where that's going to settle now. So I think it's going to be fascinating in 2023 to see that. We're unraveling component shortages. So like you say, your, your seven-month lead time is suddenly available tomorrow. But that might not be enough parts to finish that particular product because there's exactly. a shortage elsewhere. So there's, you know, there's there's a lack of clarity there. So there's a, you know, there's a there's a whole bunch of variables in the market. And on top of that, we're seeing a bit of a 
a reshoring or friendshoring trend where where people are reducing their dependence on certain geographies. Do you That's see true. that as being yeah. beneficial to the US? And do you see things like the CHIPS Act and what they're doing in printed circuit boards as something that can help bring industry back? Or is that just a very big ship to turn around? Well, all the above, right? The uh, reshoring is, an, is something that realistically started before COVID, right? There were some policies in the U.S. that kind of, you know, nudged companies to uh, come back to the U.S. or did, you know, or go to Mexico, right? That's realistically that they came back to North America, not necessarily to the United States. Uh, but I don't know if you'll, I'm not a, a big believer that uh, big government can make changes like this in the economy mm -hmm. uh, as far as the supply chain. So I'm still, you know, um, skeptical about that. Yeah. I'm more of like, I'm going to wait and see what actually happens. Yeah, uh, it is a massive, you know, a ship to turn. So I'm, uh, I'm skeptical about that one. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah, because one of the issues with this, uh, you know, the bullwhip you 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 refer to, is that it's happening to some for some companies, not others, right? And then for companies, if, if you are a supplier, right, or or, or um, the challenge becomes cash flow, right? And that's something mm. that everyone has to be extremely careful in 2023, is if you have suppliers who are now pushing down product down your throat that you have to take, and you can't finish, like, for example, forget one piece of the machine, but I can't, you know, collect the price of the machine because the whole thing is not built. Yeah. I can't pay that supplier, even though now it's available, right? Yeah. So cash flow becomes a massive. Uh, 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 you got to be very careful cash flow, so you don't end yeah. up underwater very quick. Uh, and um, and the other thing that's fascinating to me is the labor market, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. We talk about component shortages, but the talent shortages have been there constantly in the background and it's the first time we've had an economic downturn like this with such a short supply of labor how do you how do you see that changing obviously you know twitter are letting people go but they're not people that are going to assemble machines for you in southern california i guess yeah so we have uh so i was reading it was uh what was it? i think wall street journal had last week right an, an overview of layoffs of tech companies and from that report We've already surpassed the dot-com boom as far as layoffs in the uh, in the high school workers, right? The, hmm. And so I think they had 175,000 people uh, of these uh, high-tech uh, workers that got, were layoff. You know, that is Tesla, SpaceX, you know, Twitter, all the Elon Musk companies and yeah. Facebook yeah. and Microsoft, okay. Amazon, pretty much everyone. And, and it's... It's somewhat expected, right? I mean, they staffed up to keep up with demand from everyone being home, buying, uh, you know, buying stuff from home, and now they have to uh, trim down. I mean, uh, you know, and then you have on top of that um, pressure on advertising online, right? That's that's just plummeting, and it's yeah. affecting Facebook and everybody else. But anyway. So what we see is just like you uh, you mentioned this lopsided uh, downturn in, in, in labor shortage, right? Where in the past we would see 
uh, even in the, in the recovery stage of a, of a downturn, um, availability of the you know the, the the technician level, the assembler level, yeah. and the high school worker was harder to find. Now is exactly the opposite, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, we all go to restaurants nowadays. They don't have uh, wing staff, right? They don't have signs. We're short, you know, we're short staffed. Please be patient. I mean, now they're still doing that, and so with that, it is. In uh, and, and I think a lot of the uh, over the pandemic, a pandemic ignited the gig economy um, to a level where uh, people are making financial trade offs that make sense to them mm. and for their families, right? Yeah, are you gonna yeah. spend eight hours a day, or you can make too much money delivering food, or work on Amazon, or somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's had a big that's had a big impact, and um, it's it's fascinating to see somewhere like San Francisco, where you know there are huge numbers of software engineers available, but there's there's nobody available to make your coffee or wait tables at the at the restaurant. So it is this this upside down upside down economy yeah what about what about technology trends do you see do you see this as a opportunity to push digital transformation even harder or do you see it as something that's maybe going to put the brakes on some plans because of the cost of capital i think it's it's hard to set a trend because we see kind of see both right uh, we have companies that are, uh, with the increased cost of money, are getting more cautious as far as making investments, right? Um, and then you have companies who are uh, strapped, and that's mostly geographical, right? Mm-hmm. California companies, for example, are having trouble finding people. So they're more interested in that digital transformation conversation, yeah. the automation, and the uh, you know possibility of... of uh, automating out the operator from the equation. Mm. Uh, and then you have, um, you know, then we have different industries. Uh, the defense sector is doing really well uh, in the US yeah. right now, as you, you can expect. And uh, they don't have the labor issue for the most part. They don't have the capital issue, right? So then penetrating digital transformation, those industries is a bit harder. So uh, since we, we serve, um, uh, a broad range of uh, verticals. Uh, we, you know, we get to experience a lot of these, um, uh, you know, dichotomies in the market. Mm. You know, the, the pros and cons, the digital transformation. Yeah. Uh, in the EMS sector, um, uh, in US, there's a more of an appetite for digital transformation, right? Um, and um, and you have customers in Mexico. And when I talk about automation, is the substitution for labor, right? That's what yeah. I'm directly referring to, is the ability to have somebody who's going to be working in front of a machine and making fast-fail decisions and yeah. At, yeah. at the lowest level, right? And then if you think about a higher level, as far as uh, the digital um, uh, industry 4.0 and things like that. Yeah, the holy cow we yeah. talk about it all the time. I don't know. Well, that's that's exactly the case, yeah. Bill. And, and you know, I do this thing every now and again when I'm going to interview someone. I look at, I look back at the first time I interviewed them seven, eight, yeah. seven ten years ago, 
and yeah. realized we were talking about the same topics. We were talking same about topics. transformation. Yeah. We were talking about yeah. um, changes. I think what does play in your, in your favor is inspection and the data that you get from inspection has become yeah. so fundamental to how people do things. There's there's almost zero trust in the supply chain. And as a result of that, people people want inspection at goods inward as well as on the line and as well as at end of line. Yeah. So there are... Um, you know there are con- there are continued opportunities there. So I think uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's going to be one of those years where rather than talk every six months, we're going to end up having to talk every month to try and figure out what's going yeah. on. Because I think particularly in Q one, it's going to move pretty quick. So yeah, and um, and we can't be afraid to revisit our business models. Right, that's another Absolutely. thing that we've been thinking about. It's. Uh, uh, the the good old uh, it's it's worked so far so why change uh, it's yeah uh, you can change really fast nowadays yeah. yeah 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 I think agility is going to be important and as you say cash yeah. is king you don't cash you don't have king. agility if you haven't got the cash to make that move Bill exactly. pleasure to chat to you as always look forward to catching up with you uh, at Apex in San Diego first time back there since 2020 for me so. Um, so that's gonna that's gonna be fun. Um, but in the meantime, thanks so much for your time. I look forward to seeing you in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs>